0: Good morning, church. Uh, Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we're just uh, so thankful that you brought us here to meet with you today, Lord, and I pray that you would um, just speak to each of our hearts, Lord, in a way that uh, we need to be speak to, Lord, and I ask, Lord, that you would uh, just bless this time, Lord, bless um, the message that I've prepared, Lord, that I've um, offer up to you, Lord, and offer to these people, Lord, and If you're not in it, Lord, then it's not good enough for your people, Lord. So I pray that you would show up and and be glorified here. In Jesus' name, amen. Has anyone here ever been wronged by someone, or sinned against, or betrayed by someone you trust, or you thought you could trust? I don't need hands, but it hurts, doesn't it? It's like a punch in the stomach. It's like having your heart ripped out. It's hard to even find the right words to describe the feelings. You might lose your appetite, lose your sleep and your peace. You don't want to leave your house. You don't want to be around people that you love and love you. Probably everyone here is thinking of a time that that's happened to them, and more specifically, the person that's caused it. But is anyone here thinking of a time that they've caused it to someone else? Well, the fact of the matter is, this is a broken, fallen world full of broken, fallen people and this is an ugly part of it. We hurt each other. We will be hurt and let down by people and we will hurt and let down people as well. I know what you're all thinking. This is going to be a cheerful message, isn't it? (laughs) Maybe you're thinking, where's the door? Because that's what I'm thinking. Well, it's my assignment today to teach on forgiveness and grace. My goal over the next 45 minutes or so is to try and help us understand what God means when he calls us to forgive. The notion of forgiveness is foreign to us. Maybe like you're like me and it's more foreign than, than it is to some of you others. Our natural bend is not to forgive. It's to hold a grudge or to get even, make them pay for the hurt they've caused us. But as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are not that old carnal man anymore. We're new and as his followers are commanded to forgive people who hurt us. So what is forgiveness? How do we forgive? And why do we forgive? I'm going to attempt to answer these questions with God's word. Where else will we look for answers to questions like these? I hope no one's here to hear what the world has to say about it. Or what man would have to say about it. Does the world ever get it right? No, the world is is the world and the people in it are fallen and broken. What help would that be? That's like one fallen person asking another fallen person, how do I stand? If they knew, they wouldn't be fallen. God commands us to forgive. Would he leave it up to this world or man to figure out how to obey him? Do you think? Of course not. He always provides what we need to obey Him in His Word. Paul says to Timothy, His Word is profitable for doctrine, reproof, and correction, and training in righteousness. It equips us to obey Him. So the first question is, what is forgiveness exactly? Well first let me tell you what it's not. It's not trying to forget a wrong or pretending it didn't happen, or trying to convince ourselves that it wasn't that bad or it's somehow okay, the wrong that was done to us. That's not biblical forgiveness. The Greek word that we get forgive from is aphisteme. Somebody could check that pronunciation, but. (laughs) And it's used in a lot of different ways. One of the more common ways it's used is in regards to a debt. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 18, please. There's already people leaving. What? <laughs> Jeez. Let's get started. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 18 starting in verse 23. <clears throat> this is the parable of the unmerciful servant. Most of you guys are probably familiar with this parable. Um, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents or in other translations, 10,000 bags of gold, was, bought, was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. <clears throat> so the servant owed this the king, this huge amount of money, 10,000 bags of gold, an amount that he was completely incapable of repaying. It would take five lifetimes to earn that much income to pay back the amount that he owed this king. That didn't stop him, though, from promising that if he was given enough time, he would pay it back. Either this guy was a fool and didn't realize that he had no hope in paying it back, or he was a liar and he was stalling. The king took pity on him and canceled the debt. He took the loss himself. He freed the servant from the debt. He forgave it. Hence the definition, forgive. Well, what happened to the debt? Did it just disappear? Did it just disappear from the king's ledger? Mm -hmm. He actually took the debt himself, the king. The 10,000 bags of gold that were rightly owed to him, rightfully his, he forgave. Simply the king is like saying to the servant, the unreachable debt that you owe me, you don't owe it to me anymore. But the servant's forgiveness costs the king 10,000 bags of gold. This parable is a picture of God and us. We have a debt that no matter what we promise, have no hope in paying either. It's our sin debt. And what does our sin cost us? Death. So like the king in the parable, God takes pity on us and offers to cancel the debt, to forgive the debt. He offers to pay the cost of our sin, death, with the life of his son. God doesn't just forget our sin or pretend it didn't happen or that it really wasn't that bad. The debt didn't just disappear. He deals with it. God deals with it. He hits it head on. He doesn't turn a blind eye to it. He makes provision to pay the cost for us. It's an insult to Jesus and what he did on the cross to think that sin is just forgiven without a cost. It cost him his life. So to think that it won't cost us something is naive. It's wrong. So what is forgiveness? It's telling people who have wronged us that they owe us nothing. Releasing them from the debt. And usually, you know, not when somebody dings your car or something like that, but usually when somebody really wrongs us, it's nothing they could pay back anyway. I can't say for certain what it's going to cost any of us to forgive, but I'm fairly certain it will cost us something. The second question I want to try to answer is, how do we forgive? Like I said earlier, we don't have it within ourselves to forgive. It's not our natural bend. It's not our default mode, as Rich would say. Mm -hmm. William Shakespeare wrote that to error is human, but to forgive is divine. And he nailed it with that statement. I don't know much about William Shakespeare. I know he wrote some plays and stuff, but... I don't know where he stood with the Lord, but, I mean, he nailed it with this one statement. Forgiveness is divine. It's a work of God. It has to be. Who can forgive sin anyway? Right, Larry. God. (laughs) Uh, Turn to Mark chapter 2, please. Mark chapter 2 starting in verse 1 says, "A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come, he had come home. So many gathered that were there many gathered that there sorry, so many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them." Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins, but God alone. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The teachers of the law objected to the idea of Jesus declaring to this man that his sins were forgiven. That was their objection. They said, Only God can forgive sins. Notice that Jesus didn't argue with that with them. Forgiveness of sin is a work of God. Instead, Jesus used their objection to make the point that he was God and thus had the authority to forgive sin. So how do we forgive? Apart from Jesus forgiving through us, we have no ability to do it. We simply don't have the tools. It's possible only when we are fully surrendered to the Spirit of God working in us and through us. We can't muster up the strength or the equipment within ourselves. We can't dig deep within ourselves and find forgiveness. It's not there. It's Jesus, full, complete, unconditional surrender to Him, which enables us to forgive. We have to walk in the Spirit of God. The only way we can do that is to crucify or mortify our flesh. We can't walk in both. Ephesians 5, 16, and 17 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. The flesh and the Spirit are in constant conflict within us. The flesh is always trying to gain control of our lives again. Our flesh doesn't want to forgive. Our flesh wants to get even or hold a grudge or demand that payment that we think we're owed. The Spirit of God in us wants to forgive. God is a forgiving God. Who will we let rule? Who's on the throne in our lives? Our only hope to obey this command is to die to our flesh and live by the Spirit. Give Jesus his rightful place in our lives, the only place he deserves, and that's first. First place, on the throne. And he will forgive through us. The third question is, why do we forgive? It's kind of a funny question if you really think about it. Why do we forgive? I mean, do we need another reason than... God told us to forgive? We really shouldn't. We should just be obedient. If he says forgive, then we really don't, it's not a suggestion. He's telling us to forgive. It's a command. But because we usually need more motivation than that, than just to obey our Lord, he gives us one. You know, we tend to want an explanation. You know, why should I forgive, Lord? And then he gives us one. Matthew 6.15, if you can turn there, please. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 15, but but if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's heavy, right? (laughs) Somehow, our forgiveness to others or unforgiveness to others affects the forgiveness God shows us. That should motivate us. It motivates me. Now I know that I'm saved. I know that my salvation is secure. I know that I've been forgiven. I know that Jesus paid that debt that I couldn't pay. But somehow, the forgiveness God shows me and us can be hindered or jeopardized by my unforgiveness to others. I don't know how exactly. But this is clearly a warning to all of us. That should be enough. That's more motivation for us, isn't it? That should answer that question, why do we forgive? It seems though that that's not always the case, is it? That that's enough of a motivation, that our forgiveness isn't hindered with God and that we're just obeying him. You know, when Rich asked me to do this lesson I thought well this is going to be about as popular as a message on tithing <laughs> because when you talk about forgiveness no matter what it, it always brings up memories of, of being hurt you know and I don't, I don't want to be up here like picking at the scabs or picking at the scars that are, are healing over on everybody but um so as I was studying this over the last few weeks, um, I looked up, you know, some of the common commentaries and some of the more popular pastors, and listened to dozens of messages and read dozens of commentaries on forgiveness. And if you type into Google, um, you know, Bible message, Bible messages, forgiveness is on the top of the list. It's twice as many as any other one below it. It's, so it's a, it's a topic that's, I don't know, a hot topic. It's trending, I guess. <laughs> um, so in that research, in looking and listening to other teachers, listening to Christian songs on forgiveness, some, not all, have a similar theme. And that is, forgiveness is to the benefit of the person doing the forgiving, not the person being forgiven. I mean, haven't we all heard that when we finally forgive someone, we are free? Or this huge burden has been lifted from us, like somehow it is to our benefit, like we gain from our forgiveness to others? To what benefit was it to the king in the parable in Matthew? What benefit did he get? He lost 10,000 bags of gold. It cost him 10,000 bags of gold. Didn't our forgiveness cost Jesus something? Didn't his death pay our debt? We shouldn't need to be coaxed into forgiving. Forgiveness may bring some level of peace. I'm not going to argue with that. But I think if that's the only reason, just what I'm going to get out of forgiving someone, what I'm going to get out of it, I'm missing the mark. It seems a bit self-seeking to me, self-centered. I don't think the Bible paints that picture of forgiveness. Obeying our Lord and being concerned about our relationship with Him should be more than enough to bring us to be forgiving people, to obey the command to forgive willing to take the loss, willing to surrender to Him and give Him control of our lives. (coughs) Excuse me. So the title of the message is not up there, but it's Forgiveness and Grace. (coughs) How does grace fit into forgiveness? We know that grace is getting more than what we deserve and mercy is not getting what you deserve. In the parable in Matthew 18, it would have been merciful for the king to give the servant the time he wanted, the time he needed to pay back the debt. That would have been mercy. Grace was canceling the debt. Saying, yes, you're free from it. It's forgiven. You you, you can go. People who wrong us don't deserve our forgiveness. Well, that's fine. Really. It's not our forgiveness they need anyway. Only God can forgive sin. It's not our forgiveness that they need. The grace is God not only forgiving us, but others through us, canceling our debt and theirs. Both are much more than we deserve. That is God's grace. We are showing a picture of the grace of God when we let him forgive through us. What do you think the goal is in forgiveness? Why does God command us to forgive? Besides what we've already stated. It's a restoration. Restoration in relationships. That is to our benefit. That's the part that is to our benefit. That that relationship can be restored somehow. Restored fellowship. Our sin blocks our fellowship with God through trust in Jesus that sin debt is forgiven and our fellowship with God is restored with our faith in Jesus. In our relationships with others, sin also breaks fellowship. It can destroy relationships. The hope is to restore that broken relationship or rebuild it if need be. Forgiveness is that first step. Now, I'm not gonna paint some pretty picture here like we flip a switch and poof, everything's wonderful again. I don't think that's realistic. When trust is broken and someone's been deeply hurt, it's just not that simple. It's a journey to rebuild that relationship, it takes time and healing and a willingness to yield to God's lead. But none of that restoration will happen until we take that first step and choose to let God forgive through us. And it is our choice. We can be stubborn and rebel and say, you know, I want to live by my flesh, I want to be ruled by my flesh, and not forgive that person. And then we carry that. And our relationship with God is somehow blocked. But it's our choice. God doesn't force us to obey him. He doesn't force us to do anything. So when I started this message I assumed that everyone had been thinking of a time they were wronged and the person that had done it. So maybe you're asking yourself well how do I apply this to that and I'm going to try to uh, explain that as well. How do we apply this? First, know what forgiveness is and know what forgiveness is not. It's not pretending it didn't happen. It's not sweeping it under the carpet. You got to deal with it. And you have to choose to forgive. You have to choose to take the loss. You have to cancel the debt with that person. Whatever you think you're owed by that person, accept that you're not going to get it. You just won't. Second, don't for a second try to forgive them on your own. You (laughs) You can't dig deep and come up with forgiveness somewhere deep inside. I don't know about you, but the deeper I dig inside myself, the uglier it gets. It's not down there. Trying to do it on your own is a burden that we are not designed to carry. Give Jesus his rightful place as Lord of our life and yield to him fully and unconditionally and then let him forgive through you. We have to deal with this. This happens in this world. We hurt each other. People will sin against us and we will sin against them if we sweep it under the rug or pretend it didn't happen, our relationship with God will not be all that it could be or all that it should be. Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Ask for his help to forgive those who have sinned against you. That is a prayer that you never have to wonder if God heard. On the other side of the coin here, there's, and I kind of started... I kind of stated it in the beginning about our first reaction is to think of all the people that have wronged us, all the people that have hurt us, all the people that have sinned against us. But on the other side of that, we do it to other people. and It's painful enough being hurt and betrayed by somebody. But what hurts more is when you realize that you've caused that to somebody else. That's, that's even more pain. I don't know if any of you have experienced that, but I have. Um, the Bible talks a lot about forgiveness, obviously. Jesus talks a lot about it. And some of the things that I didn't get to, and like I had time, I guess I should have wrote down more notes. But... Uh, <laughs> um, who do you think has the responsibility when someone wrongs you to ask for forgiveness? Like, who, Whose responsibility is it? The Bible teaches that it's both of the party's responsibilities. It's the responsibility of the person to go to the brother that wronged them. And then Jesus also says that it's if you're giving your off, offering at the altar and you realize you have some, your brother has something against you, you have to go to them. So nobody's out of the play here. Both of us, both parties have a part to play in this. So if you are the person who's wronged somebody, asking them for forgiveness, seeking them, seeking forgiveness from them is important. It's that first part in um, beginning that restoration of that relationship. Now. My wife was saved for a long time before I was, and I knew that Christians were called to forgive. And I used to use this as my trump card. She had to forgive me. I knew she had to forgive me. So I would do whatever I want, and then I'd just say, I'm sorry. And I knew she had to forgive me. And I I think I threw it in her face. Did I ever throw it in your face? You're a Christian. You need to forgive me. That's terrible. absolutely terrible I have no excuse for that we can't go around hurting people trashing people's lives and just pretend that I'm sorry is some kind of magic word Mm -hmm. that it's somehow going to fix everything it doesn't now my wife for a long time put up with that put up with just me saying I'm sorry and I think She thought she was doing the right thing, but over time she learned that me just saying I'm sorry is not like some get-out-of-jail-free card. Like all of a sudden everything went back to normal. There, There was damage that was done, and things needed to change. So she forgave me, but she didn't try to hide the consequences of my actions anymore. She didn't try to shield me from them. She let me pay the cost. And it wasn't until then... There were a lot of things that finally led me to the Lord, but that was one of them. That was one of the things where all this, you know, I I thought that if, because I said I'm sorry, all of a sudden I'm free. Everything's going to go back to the way it was, and it wasn't. And that was a good good lesson for both of us to learn. <clears throat> we shouldn't like walk around our lives thinking that you know we can hurt people, and just say I'm sorry because I'm a Christian and they're a Christian and you know, poof, everything's back to normal because it's just not. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for um, forgiving us, first of all, Lord. And if there's anyone here, Lord, who has not received that forgiveness that you offer through, um, faith in your son, Lord, I pray that they would consider it now, Lord, that if they're carrying around the burden of their sin, Lord, trying to pay it on their own or trying to pretend like it doesn't exist, Lord, I pray that they would realize, Lord, that their sin costs them death, Lord, and that they would um, receive the offer for you to pay that debt, Lord, that they could have fellowship with you, Lord, that they could receive uh, salvation. And I pray for those of, he, those of us here, Lord, who are maybe struggling with forgiveness, Lord. Maybe we have somebody um, that we're thinking about, Lord, that um, has hurt us or wronged us or sinned against us, Lord. Somebody who's broken the relationship by something they've done or maybe something they've said. And if you're bringing that memory to people's minds right now, Lord, I pray that you would help them to forgive, Lord. Help them to understand what forgiveness is. Help them to not try to do it alone, Lord, but to get out of the way and let you work through them. I pray, Lord, that relationships that have been broken because of this, Lord, would be healed and be restored, Lord, and and made new. Lord, we just, we just want to acknowledge you in this, Lord. We want to acknowledge that you are our God and that you've called us to this, Lord, so that um, You've enabled us to do it, Lord. You wouldn't ask us to do something that we couldn't do, Lord. And so I pray that for each of us here, Lord, we would be forgiving people, Lord. We would obey this command. We would yield and surrender to you, Lord, and that you would work through us, Lord. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.